Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. So for the Toddcast, I'm going to call this the fulfilled soul. The fulfilled soul. To ask us a question to get started tonight, have you ever been totally fulfilled in your life? Totally fulfilled. The word fulfilled means basically you have everything you need, everything you want. Have you ever felt that? Ever, even in small examples of life, totally fulfilled in life? Thank you. Well, let's ask it this way. How, what kinds of things, think generically, think hypothetically, what kinds of things should a day have for you to feel totally fulfilled at the end of the day? What kinds of things need to be in a certain day? Maybe you like to hike. You get to do all the hiking you want. Maybe you get to read. Maybe you get to whatever. Have coffee, eternal coffee all day long. Um, maybe it's just great conversation with your friends and your family. What kind, of, what kind of things would be in your life that would make your day totally, entirely fulfilling? Well, you can think of that internally. I'm not going to make you answer that out loud. But I love when my children seem fulfilled. I really do. I love when I notice my children... It seems like they're at the peak of their happiness. I told you on Sunday, we went to Storyland and, and I just looked around at my children all day and they were just totally full of glee and happiness. Like nothing, there was nothing to bother them, nothing to sadden them. It was just happiness all day long. And that makes me happy as their dad because I love seeing those whom I love fulfilled. I really do. Um, but I also know that earthly happiness is a short-term fulfillment. And I think all parents know that. Uh, it's a short shelf life. Even Christmas, you know, you give them Christmas gifts. Two days later, they're in this corner collecting dust, and no one wants to play with them anymore. You spent your hard-earned money, all your thoughtfulness, getting the best present they wanted. They were so happy on Christmas morning, and a week later, they want nothing to do with it. Uh, I'll let you think back to your childhood for a moment. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I want to actually get some answers on that. Think back to your childhood. What did you want to be, Judy? What do you grow up? A singer. That's a good answer. Ivan, you are a child. What do you want to be when you grow up? An astronaut. An astronaut. That's a great answer. That is something. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Um, I wanted to be a treasure hunter. <laughs> Did this come from a movie? Indiana Jones? Okay. A treasure hunter. Did you know where? Just, I don't know, in the jungle. In the jungle, sure. Yeah, that was a great movie you were watching. Nice, the Goonies. Oh, there it is. Someone had their hand up. Go ahead. Archaeology. Okay, a lot of Indiana Jones watching. Well, go ahead, Isaiah. I actually did want to be a pastor. A pastor? Okay, there's still hope for you, brother. You and me, let's get together. The irony is that I didn't want to be a pastor. Um, here's the question. Would you still choose the profession that you wanted to be when you were younger now? No. You still would? What, what did you want to be? And you still want to be a zookeeper? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. You still want to be a singer, Judy? A missionary. What about Sarah? You, you still want to be a treasure hunter? No, treasure hunter. There you go. Oh, there, it's in your house now. <laughs> well, is it possible that what we once wanted in life is not what we want anymore because our knowledge of the world has changed or our knowledge of ourselves has changed? See, I, I, when I was little, I wanted to be a professional baseball player until I realized you had to be good at baseball. <laughs> That's a prerequisite, they said. And so I, I let go of that dream. 
And then in college, I wanted to be a writer living in a log cabin. That sounded like a wonderful dream until I realized that writers are either tragically poor or snobbishly rich. And I let go of that dream. I also wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to do something with comedy. I had a lot of things that I wanted to be that didn't actually pan out. Today, my fulfilled life is a little bit different. I want to be a pastor living in New England. How cool is that? With my big, beautiful family. Yeah, thank you. I think that's pretty cool. The log cabin would be nice someday, too. But basically, I'm living my dream according to today's desires. And I think that's pretty cool. I have a beautiful wife. I have eight beautiful children. I have my dream job and my dream destination. I don't think a lot of people get to say that. So I'm living a fulfilled life here upon the earth, and I praise the Lord for that blessing. But it's also true that desires can change, correct? What you want today may not be what you want 10 years from now. And that's, that's honest. Earthly fulfillment is like a slippery bar of soap that can easily fall through your hands. This is why we need something beyond a fulfilled life here upon the earth. We need a fulfilled soul, don't we? Having a fulfilled soul far outweighs having a fulfilled life. It does. Now, ideally, if we could get both, that would be great. If we could have a fulfilled life and a fulfilled soul, that would be great. That would be awesome. But when push comes to shove, I would, I would hope that we as Christians would choose a fulfilled soul over a fulfilled life. And the reason for it is simple. The soul outlives our life here upon the earth. It's that simple. One lasts longer. Fulfillment isn't really fulfillment if it's only temporary fulfillment. I believe that. Plenty of people on the earth have had fulfilled lives for a time, and then they either their desires changed or they passed away, and their fulfilled life passed away with them. I remember Steve Jobs, when Steve Jobs passed away, rich, successful, founder of Apple, and then he passed away, and everything he worked for went to somebody else. He lost it all. And that's a sad ending to a lot of stories. We, mu we mustn't concern ourselves with having a fulfilled life primarily we should concern ourselves with having a fulfilled soul, one that will satisfy us forever, forever. And thankfully, just as I desire my children's overall long-term well-being over their fleshly needs that they have every day, I believe we get that model from our Heavenly Father. God is way more concerned with our eternal fulfillment than our earthly fulfillment. Now, he does like to see us happy here upon the earth, but I believe the Lord wants us joyful forever. And I believe that because Scripture says it. In John 15, 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And I believe he's talking about eternal joy. First John, the book we're studying on Sunday, John said this in chapter 1, And we are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. Full, complete, lasting joy is what God wants for his children. And as we learned and were reminded of on Sunday, the Lord decided to bless us with the greatest gift of all time, namely Jesus and eternal life that comes from Jesus. He wants our souls to be fulfilled forever. And what's so interesting about this gift of eternal life is that it gives us a fulfilled soul which lasts forever. But interestingly enough, it also comes with a fulfilled life here upon the earth. It's a package deal. Now I want you to imagine a parallel, okay? Imagine that you had everything you wanted in this life, everything. You had zero needs. You had many good friends. You had good health. You had more money and possessions that you knew what to do with. You loved your job. You loved your family. You woke up in the morning and you went to bed at night completely satisfied with your life. And you couldn't find one way in which you could improve your life. And let's imagine that you could never lose any of that. 
Nothing could threaten your fulfilled life. Nothing. Do you think that sort of fulfillment and joy would make, a, would make you a unique person? I think it would. Do you think you'd be in the rare position to never have to worry? To never have to be anxious? Do you think you'd be the sort of person to have confidence and courage? Do you think you'd be able to help others without the fear of losing the fulfillment that you had? Do you think you could spare some time in your day to spread good cheer, kindness, and charity to those whom you encounter? And why would that be? Well, it'd be because you'd be totally fulfilled and totally joyful in life. Your confidence and peace would be at their peaks, and you'd have nothing left to strive for other than to help one another and help others find their fulfillment as well. Do you see the parallel? The enemy wants us to be discontented people. That's very valuable to him. And sadly, there are many discontented people in the church. And that's a sad reality. The enemy wants us feeling as if we get a raw deal in this life. He wants us completely unfulfilled. Because when we're unfulfilled, we worry. When we're unfulfilled, we feel anxious. Our confidence and courage are low. And the last thing on our mind is helping others. We aren't fulfilled, so why and how would we possibly help others? And when the enemy gets us to feel unfulfilled, he completely disarms us. And we do nothing for the kingdom of God. And we do nothing against the kingdom of darkness. Being unfulfilled is being totally useless to God. But what if we, as Christians, could flip the script on the enemy? What if we believe that God's promise of eternal life was really ours in Jesus? Truly ours in Jesus. That as long as we believed in Jesus, as long as we placed our lives in his hands to do with whatever he desires, our souls would be fulfilled forever. What if we believed all of God's promises? Now, Romans 8, we studied that at our table. If you read on verse, down to verse 32, Paul says this. He says, E, God, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Listen to this phrase. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Do you think, believe that? That if God gave us the peak of gifts, the highest, the deepest of gifts in his son, everything else is small potatoes. If I gave you Jesus, I'll give you everything. If I gave you eternal life, nothing's off the table. I'll give you everything. Just as in the ideal world that we imagined, we would have no needs because we'd have every need met in Jesus. We would therefore have nothing to worry about, nothing to be anxious about. We'd have courage, we'd have confidence because we cannot lose the fulfillment we have in Jesus. And therefore, guess what we'd be able to do? We'd be able to be freed up to do anything we need in order to help those around us. Can you imagine what we would do as a church for God's kingdom and against the enemy's kingdom with total soul fulfillment? Can you imagine what a worry-free, anxious-free, confident, courageous, others-seeking church could accomplish for Jesus and the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God. Do you see why the enemy feels he has to make us discontented and unfulfilled in this life. He knows what a total soul fulfillment can accomplish. So he spends a lot of his time trying to highlight the things we don't have because he knows that if we focus on the truth that we can know for certain that we have eternal life and we're co-heirs with Jesus, then we're going to be totally soul fulfilled. Now God promises us eternal life in heaven where there's no diseases, 
no disagreements, no sin, no darkness, no sadness, no loss, no sin, no death. Think about that. We get eternal life with Jesus, and we get God's promise that he's going to meet every single one of our needs here upon the earth. It's not even soul fulfillment at the cost of earthly fulfillment. God gives us both. Both. Soul fulfillment and meeting all our needs here upon the earth. Now, yes, our fulfillment is going to look different than the world's. I really believe that. Because, number one, we don't have to chase the next treasure. Sorry, Sarah. We don't have to be treasure hunters. <laughs> I didn't plan that there. We don't have to chase the next shiny object. We don't have to chase all the grand pleasures and treasures of this life to find fulfillment because our treasures are locked up in heaven. They're locked up somewhere else. And number two, we can't lose our treasures. Just like the world can. And they will one day. They'll lose all their treasures. Our treasures are secure with God just like our souls are secure with God. Therefore, we, our lives do not align to the world, do they? We're going to have steadfast joy while the world has circumstantial joy. We're going to have steadfast security while the world has fleeting security. We have steadfast hope, and they have to distract themselves from their lack of hope beyond the grave. We can glorify God, and the world has to glorify themselves. We can abandon the rat race to follow Jesus, and they have to try to win the rat race and run it better than everybody else. When you and I have total soul fulfillment, it makes us true soldiers for Jesus. And therefore, we can be deadly weapons of mass construction for the kingdom of God, striving to build up people in this world, to love others and to show good deeds. And thankfully, it's all thanks to Jesus. It's all thanks to the true soul fulfiller. For the first time ever, fulfillment is not a slippery bar of soap. It's a rock-steady anchor attached to the promises of God. And I end this podcast by saying, thank you, Jesus, for fulfilling our souls. And we ask you to please guide us into how to help others on this earth to find that same fulfillment in Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.